Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome your podcast host for the evening, Mr. Ian and Mr. Dom. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Tonight, I'd like to do something... Tonight, we'd like to do something different. Tonight, I would like to do something different. I'd like to do something... What's up with you? Just a little... Don't you start right. Start what? Before you start, don't start, okay? Start what? Can you be serious? What's up? Can, I mean, look, look at you. You're laughing now. I'm not. You are. Talking to the ladies and gentlemen, seriously. What's up? And you're laughing. What's up? Well, that, that's what I mean. Everything's a joke to you. What's up? Walk on. Baggy suit. It's a joke. What have I said? I don't know what you're laughing. Are you doing something funny as you're laughing? I'm not. You are. Look at you. Look at your face. I'm not. You, you are, I said. I'm not. I'm just giving my teeth some fresh air. That's the trouble with you. You're a walking joke bag. I'm not. Fed up with you. I'm not. I was laughing all the time. I'm not doing anything. You get a bit serious now and again. Well, I'm not laughing. You are. I'm not. Just look at the state here. <laughs> I'm not. Stupid shoes you've got on. Look at them. There's nothing like them. I'm not doing anything. Always laughing, aren't you? You're doing it again now. What? Laughing. I'm not. You are. I'm no! So is he at the front, he's laughing now. What are you on about? She's not. Fed up with it all now. Well I'm not. Wish I'd come me. You're laughing all the time. Don't start don't start creeping me. I'm not, I'm, I'm not. I know I'm not. Stupid laughing all the time. Well I'm not. I just know I'm not. No difference. You've caused an atmosphere. Exactly, no wonder. Ian, do you hear about Vincent Van Gogh? Do you yeah. remember him? Yeah, painter. Famous painter. That's right, yeah. Did you know this? He cut his ear off, you know, and he gave it to his girlfriend, and she said, thank you, and he said, you are. That's the best thing you've done all night. It, it's... You, what are you laughing at? Yeah? What are you laughing at? You're laughing, aren't you? I'm not. You're laughing. I'm not. You're, he's laughing. But I'm not. You're laughing now. He's not. You're laughing. I'm not laughing. You're laughing, you. I'm not. <laughs> Welcome to Famous First Times. It's a Valentine's special. And we're doing the ultimate lover of all time. Who's that, Dom? Bobby Ball. Bobby Ball. the ultimate lover. Oh, and we're also doing Beyonce. Yeah, stick around. We're going to do Bobby first. Listen to that. And then we'll do Beyonce after. we've got Beyonce coming at you. Everyone loves Beyonce. Yeah. And maybe get Bobby some new fans. Yeah. We're going to be mentioning Beyonce Throughout the episode. It's kind of wedded in. And also, go back to um, the Kim Kardashian episode from the first series. You might enjoy that as well. Yeah, loads of great Kim Kardashian stories for all you Beyonce and Kim fans. That's series one, episode 10. What do you think of Bobby Ball, Dom? I like Bobby Ball. I mean, obviously, he's not got any jokes. But as a guy and as a performer, in fact, when I watch Cannon and Ball, I don't really laugh at it, but uh, uh, I'm entertained and enthralled. And I'm a bit on edge. It's yeah. Like, what the fuck's he It's like do watching next? a thriller, really, <laughs> more than a comedy <laughs> show. And it's just like, fuck, who's going to get stabbed first? But Tommy's more unpredictable. Someone's going to leave here with a wound. Yeah, so I've, I've found some stuff about him that covers that era. Oh, oh no, no spoilers, yeah. but yeah. Well, it's definitely bit. violent. I don't even need to hear the stories, but I'd like to hear the specifics of his violence. 
And you know the big deal with Bobby is that he became a born-again Christian in the mid-80s. Of course I know that about him. You know, if you know anything about comedy, you'll know about Bobby Ball's rise into Christendom. <laughs> Whatever the fuck the word is meant to be Well, the problem with this, so it's, the book we're looking at is Bobby Ball's autobiography, My Life. And it came out in the mid-80s, a couple of years after he, he converted to Christianity. Which is a shame, because if it was before that, we'd get the fucking raw, horrible, brilliant Bobby that yeah. But he, he gives a lot away. He's quite confessional. So we've, we've got some good shit. How do you think he lost his virginity? I don't know, Ian. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Just fucking chasing around women twice his age with massive tits. Right, so his book, there's a lot of good stuff in this book. It opens with a little quote from Tommy, just talking about how we met him. I first met Bobby at the Borden Trailers Engineering Factory in Oldham. I was a new boy standing at the clocking in machine when in came this little character and he said, Hello, cock. He was the uh, first and only person to speak to me out of 500 men. By the way, I make no excuses for the terminology of the word cock. Because in Oldham, it means pal or friend. <laughs> Why does he have to explain that? Phew, because I thought that when he said hello cock, that meant that Bobby Ball had his fucking dick out <laughs> in a factory full of 500 guys. <laughs> and he was just like pointing at it. <laughs> oh, oh, hello, cock, cock. <laughs> and everyone's like, don't point it out. And here's Bobby's little intro as well. Now, a little about myself. I've always made a commitment to God and I've become a born-again Christian. It is the biggest change in my life and I have to tell you, it's fantastic. <laughs> All caps the fantastic there as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. See, he fucking loves being a Christian. Oh, it's bloody great. <laughs> He's well into it. Oh, it's marvellous. So, yeah, early stories. He talks about the girls that he first meets. I greeted her and we started talking while my mate sung around. After about 10 minutes, I asked her if she would excuse me for a minute while I would talk with my mates. I gathered them together and asked if any of them wanted to buy her off me for a shilling. That was the price of my bus fare to Alderman and back. A lad called Graham Lee, whom we had nicknamed Leo, said he would and he gave me the shilling. I told a girl I had to go somewhere and that Leo would look after her. But not to worry, because I would be back later. She was obviously put out by this, but I didn't give her the time to argue, because I jumped on a bus and was away. I know what you're thinking, and I couldn't help it. I was just circumstances that made me a white slave trader at 15. (laughs) Anyway, after I'd seen John, I caught the bus home to shore. On the journey back, my conscience began to bother me. I realised that what I'd done were wrong. So when I reached Wren's Nest, I went looking for them. I had a vague idea that they would be in a wooded area called Dunwood Park. And sure enough, I was right. Because when I got there, I could hear them all shouting. Now, I didn't know whether it was a case of gang rape or just the lads messing about. (laughs) But I wasn't about to take that chance. I knew I had to get the girl away from them, but I didn't know how. <laughs> then I had another idea. Please! I shouted <laughs> at the top of my voice. And all the lads scattered in different directions, leaving the girl on her own. I love it when her plan comes together. 
<laughs> the girl was so glad to see me that she forgot about me selling her for a shilling and allowed me to walk her home. I'd never saw the girl again, but for some reason, I'd never forgotten her. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know, he says he goes back and he sees Joan. That's his fucking wife. He ends up marrying her. Is he going out with that girl that he sells? No, he's like flirting with her and she wanted to go out with him. He's like cheating on his wife. Oh, Joan. Yeah. He thinks it was a case of gang rape. Wasn't sure. <laughs> like that blase chucking in that. Could it might have been gang raping her. Fuck knows. Fresh out of police. I'm the hero. So good on him. I mean, nice so- one. You fucking averted something horrible. Right. So yeah, he's seeing this Joan going out with her and he goes on holiday with his mate to this holiday resort. And this is what unfolds. We were on holiday without the girlfriends. Yippee! <laughs> About a week into the holiday, I entered a talent competition they were running at the camp and I won it. The prize were two bookends, which, by the way, my mother had kept for more than 30 years. <laughs> what the fuck? Why put that in? Anyway, in the competition was a young girl called Myra, whom I found very attractive. True to the old saying, when the cat's away, the mice will play. I started to flirt with her. She told me she was staying with her parents in a caravan not too far from ours. I was a little disappointed about this because I was hoping she would be on her own, like me. But she said if I went late at night, she would leave her bedroom window open. And if I was quiet, I could sneak in because her parents would be asleep. All right, it's a bit more blurb about it, but basically he convinces his mate to come along with him called Trev. And Trev's really ill. And Trev's been given medication for the doctor and he's all fucked up and wandering around like a zombie. And Bobby blags him along to this little fucking endeavour. Gingerly, I knocked on Myra's bedroom window and I waited for her to open up. She didn't. So I knocked again. Still no window open for me. I realised that she had fallen asleep. So once again I knocked, only louder this time. Suddenly, all the lights in the surrounding caravans lit up, including Myra's. I was out there like a seagull with his bottom on fire. (laughs) The last I saw of Trev, he was uh, half asleep, wandering (laughs) towards the swimming pool. The holiday was soon over and we arrived home. I told Joan I had missed her so much and that the next year we should go on holiday together. That's fucking Bobby. So he's, <laughs> all, he's like cheating all the fucking time, shamelessly. No, no yeah. regrets and stuff here. And then just like instantly going to, to Joan going, yeah, it's fucking great that. <laughs> yeah. We should do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Poor Joan. A little story about his mad neighbour. By the time I'd reached 18, our Mavis was already married to Trevor. So that left only me at home. Next door to us lives an old lady called Mrs. Tarkenter. (laughs) And her niece, Emmy. She was a lovely old lady who kept herself to herself. But as she got older, she started to lose her mind and go a little crazy. I would always arrive home about 11 o'clock after seeing Joan. And Mrs. Tarkenter would start waiting for me. She would stand at a bedroom window in a long white night dress with her long black hair flowing over her shoulders beckoning me. It terrified me. When I was young, I'd watch the play Jane Eyre on the TV and the mad woman in the attic frightened me to death. To this day, I'm still frightened by deranged women. <laughs> oh, that's, that's, that's odd, Bobby. I wonder why. You know, <laughs> you, you're on your own, though. Yeah, Everyone most people look- are cool with deranged women. <laughs> 
carries on to say she tries to get in his house like knocking on the door Bobby <laughs> trying to get at him it really fucking freaks him out he's terrified of her and his dad gets get her sectioned alright so he's not paranoid no she is deranged he's right <laughs> yeah right here's a story about how he meets his, his next wife Bobby and Tommy they've, they've met now and they're going around the country doing gigs and stuff they get a letter asking him on to Opportunity knocks first ever TV appearance they came last of everyone first fucking ever hell. TV thing they came fucking last we had just finished working at a club in the northeast when a man came up to us and said there was a party going on down the road and asked us if we would like to go. Would we like to go? Was the man crazy? What? There, there, <laughs> there was no way he could have stopped us. Before we knew what had happened, we were smack bang in the middle of the party. This looked like being a great night. The beer was flowing freely and there were plenty of women about. At that time, to me, this was perfect happiness. Now I realise that the only true happiness anyone can have is finding Jesus and the truth. <laughs> Luckily for me, Jesus already had his eye on me. <laughs> Suddenly, the door burst open and in walked the most beautiful and fascinating girl I have ever seen. She stood about five foot ten, wearing thigh-length boots and a miniskirt that showed the longest legs I have ever seen. <laughs> it wasn't going to be long before I saw the tall lady again. Two days later, there was another party, and Tommy and I were two of the first people to be there. I found the only armchair in the house, and I parked myself in it. By this time, <laughs> I had started to drink, so I had brought a crate of Newcastle brown ale with me. <laughs> I put this beside the armchair, so now that I had my drink and my armchair, <laughs> I settled. <laughs> I settled back to play my favourite game of people watching. This is a game that doesn't take much energy, all one has to do is keep quiet and watch other people all the time. It's amazing what you see. The party had been in full swing for about an hour when who should waltz in but my tall lady. This night, she was with a girlfriend. I watched for about 10 minutes, then decided that tonight was a night I was going to knock a bit of arrogance out of her. Having the only armchair in the place with everybody else sitting on the floor, I had a great plan to talk to her. His plan was that he just goes to the bog and he tells her not to sit in his chair. And he comes back and she's sat in his chair. And that's his plan. He knew that had happened and they end up talking. All right. But I mean, hey shit, does that party sound? Just Bobby sat in a chair silently watching everyone with a crate of Newcastle Brown. Just, like, just, just parked in his armchair with everyone else. Sat on the floor and he's like, I'm a fucking king. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was in the good chair and everyone else was fucking little rats <laughs> scrawling about, look at me in my fucking chair. I got a fucking chair. I'm a fucking great. <laughs> Fuck you all. Just like absolutely fucking crushing the social dominance by having an armchair and a couple of beers. Yeah. Wow. My own beers. My chair. Everyone's on the floor chatting along, having a good time. Yeah. And he's in the fucking distance in his chair, glaring, scowling at people. <laughs> anyway, so he does get talking to this Yvonne, though. 
I started to go off into a sort of Walter Mitty world because for some reason I told her that I wasn't married and that I lived alone in a little flat in the centre of Oldham. I told her so many lies that I began to lose track of what I've said myself. Because for some reason I told her I wasn't married. Like, well, I, don't, I don't know why I did that. It's really, really odd. Yeah, <laughs> really strange. Probably wonder why you'd say that. It's really weird. Yeah, it's just like, I don't know why that popped out. <laughs> it's actually like really innocent, though. Yeah. Weird, isn't it? Weird thing, dude. Weird thing, dude. I can't imagine what the motive behind <laughs> me wanting to tell this fit girl that I weren't married was. <laughs> Probably just some weird fancy that I was on. Oh, no! <laughs> I had been unfaithful before to Joan, but the other women I had been with seemed to be only one-night stands. With Yvonne, it seemed different. I'd never seemed to think of Joan's feelings, only my own, and I only seemed to worry over whether I would be caught or not. You're right fucking cunt in them days, weren't you? They're cheating on a loads... Yeah. All the women before. And the fucking <laughs> massive list. Again, touring, touring up in another country, and they got two gigs in one night, and they're in Leeds now, they go to Leeds. That particular night was New Year's Eve. Tommy and I were a little bit worse for wear, as we'd already partaken of a few drinks to celebrate the new year. When we arrived at the second club, it was about 11 o'clock. And as we went into the back door, we saw a long, dark corridor leading to the stage. There, in front of us, was a figure of a man, dressed in a top hat and a cape. He was just about to go on when I thought I would be friendly and wish him a happy new year. So I ran up behind him and slapped him on the back. Happy new year, I said, (laughs) with a huge grin on my face. His head shot round and he looked at me as if he wanted to kill me. But he hadn't time because the compare had announced his name and he was already making his way on the stage. I realised then why he'd looked at me in that strange fashion. What I hadn't realised when I slapped him on the back, that he was a magician. It was only when I saw a few birds feather far from the beneath his cloak <laughs> as he walked on stage that I realised I'd innocently hit one of the birds hidden within his cloak. Oh. Right. You know what that is, don't you? It's a load of fucking bollocks it's, is what it is. It's a load of bollocks ripped off from Hard Day's Night. That happens in Hard Day's oh, Night. Oh, shit. This smack magician on his back and a, a load of feathers come out. Yeah, it? that is fucking He's right. just fucking nick that. That's not true. It's, it's I mean, him. I mean, I knew it was bollocks, but yeah. It's, it's a fucking straight rip of the Beatles. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Bobby Ball goes to Australia. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Cannonball go to Australia for some gigs. They're still not huge yet, but they're getting there. They're getting pretty famous. They get to the hotel in Australia. After we had finished unpacking, we lay on the beds, planning what we would be doing that night. For some reason, I decided to have a look in the cupboard that was hanging on the wall. When I opened the doors, (laughs) I jumped back, horrified at what I saw. There, crawling about in the cupboard, were dozens of cockroaches. I shouted to Tommy and he came running over. My skin began to crawl because I'd never seen one before. Then I remembered a few moments before when I thought I had seen something moving under Tommy's bed. I told Tommy we'd move the beds away from the wall to check. 
I had been right. <laughs> there were more under their beds, crawling over one another to escape. I hated them. <laughs> they made me feel dirty. <laughs> Again, not sex, but it's probably feeling dirty. It's almost there. Well, the, the, that's why you've kept it in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dirty, just like sex. Just <laughs> anything fucking... No, it's an introduction to the what to get up to in Australia. It's a nice little story. Bobby it's a nice little story, but it's don't try and fucking say that it's anything to do with sex. Yeah, all right, you're right. This is I, just I apologize. That, that horrible just fucking Ringo Zoo all over again. Ringo Zoo. <laughs> 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 but it, yeah, but shit does happen in Australia. So they get a little flight over to this club in the bush, like the real fucking outbacks of Australia. Uh, and there's a few of them in this plane. There were a double act called McNeil and Trotter. A comedian called Mike Harris, a woman singing in Ramona and Tom and me. We knew the double act and the comedian, but we didn't know the woman. And as it was going to be a long weekend, I decided I wasn't going to be lonely. So as soon as we had said our hellos and settled down, I started to chat to the woman before anybody else could. She was in her late 30s and had an air of pomposity about her. (laughs) She was a very striking woman with a fantastic body. She was a little old for me at that time, but I reasoned to myself that she was the only woman among us. Beggars couldn't be choosers. (laughs) She had ignored all of us, but I thought that was maybe because she was shy. She just sat there looking out the window as if we didn't exist. It was time to make my move. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely time to strike. When you realise that she don't like fucking any of you. (laughs) And she's fucking trying to ignore you and wishes she weren't there. (laughs) Going for the kill. I said hello. And she just looked at me, didn't answer. And then started looking out the window again. Well, I wasn't the type of person to be put off with a simple rebuff. So I tried again. Right, so he keeps hassling her and hassling her. And she finally says what she does. She's a singer, a classically trained singer. She ends by saying, and I do not usually mix with variety acts. She then turns back to the window, leaving me to sink further in my seat. This must have interested Tommy because he started to try and talk to her. But he did no better than me. All he got in reply to his question were one-word answers. Eventually, he gave up and all the other boys tried, but they received the same treatment, so we all left her alone. I just want to point out as well, he's with this Yvonne here. He's the fucking love of his life. And he's instantly thinking, oh, boys are out in town, let's fucking chat up this older woman. But she's she's not on tour with him. No, no, she's back at home looking after the ice. That's on tour. <laughs> Hey, so they get to this club. They've not done the set yet. She goes on stage. They're all booing her. They're all booing her and throwing shit. Who is? All the crowd. Fucking hating her. What she did next had never ceased to amaze me to this day. She started to undo her dress. (laughs) This lady, who had acted so high and mighty on the plane, was just a stripper who sang. I couldn't believe my eyes. (laughs) This woman who treated me... Like dirt was now <laughs> undressing in front of a lord of beer-swilling miners. I wonder what happened to her classical training. <laughs> she finally stripped all of her clothes off 
And by now, the crowd was going wild. <laughs> I thought she would finish there, but no, I was wrong. <laughs> she carried on singing and she walked off the stage into the midst of them. They started to paw her and do all sorts of things, but she carried on singing. Amongst it, this woman had some nerve. <laughs> because she was a stripper, I forgot my experience on the plane and I thought I would try again. <laughs> so I lied and I said I liked to act. She just gave me a look that would make the Sahara Desert freeze over. I lowered my eyes and walked away. Because she was a stripper, I thought I'd try again. What a fucking prick, man. <laughs> He's a horrible little cunt. <laughs> Let's give it another shot. <laughs> she can't have any morals. Yeah, that's what he's saying, isn't it? Yeah. And then she walked out into the crowd and they were doing all kinds of stuff to her. Oh, I bet they fucking were. Yeah, I don't think they were fucking... That's just him going, oh, she's just like... <laughs> Disgusting, dirty bitch. <laughs> Only Bobby knows. And Bobby devoted a fucking chapter to this. This this amazing story. Gotta gotta let people know about this fucking woman. Turned me down and then took <laughs> got her tits out. Unbelievable. <laughs> That's the point of this story, isn't it? It is, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Alright, so end the Australia story. This is what this is when he goes back home. The next day we went back to Sydney and caught the plane to England. On the plane, I knew I had to get back to reality. But that, I meant Yvonne and the kids. It wasn't going to be easy. For the past six weeks, I'd enjoyed being single again. I knew that I had sent Yvonne hardly any money. So I was wondering how she'd managed. <laughs> Funny how I never thought of that in Australia. <laughs> she had moved into our new house on her own and we had no furniture or carpets. So I realised she must have had it rough. But I felt no remorse. <laughs> got kids as well, you know. Got two kids, two girls. Yeah. Now I've just wait a minute. Has, have they got any carpets back home? <laughs> Did they want me to send any money from these gigs? Didn't cross his mind at all. He's too busy chasing women. No furniture. <laughs> Did he want something to sit on? Nah, fuck it. <laughs> yeah. Sit on the fucking hard lino. You know, stare out the window. <laughs> Rub their hands together for heat. Sent no money. Sent no. That's why he's there, earning to earn money. Didn't. Funny how he fit. never thought of that. Yeah, yeah. he's like. Yeah, <laughs> 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 it slipped my mind. <laughs> that's how he'd say it as well, isn't it? That's yeah. how he'd fucking talk to himself about it. Well, he's another bit about that here. All right, he's not put his dick in anything so far. His penis has not come out. Fucking Get his dick man. out, Ian. We get to some fucking underpant action in a bit. I promise you. Meanwhile, back on the home front, Yvonne had taken control of the money and she was paying all of our bills and giving me spending money. I know this doesn't sound right, but it was my idea. But one day, I got fed up with the situation <laughs> and I told Yvonne that as I was the man of the house, I should take control of the money and pay all the bills. I can just hear all of you feminists screaming now, but... I am sorry, ladies. I am what I am. <laughs> Anytime you get the word feminist in an old school comedian's book, you know it's fucking gold. <laughs> <laughs> fucking feminists are going to be having a field day with this, but I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I am what I is. <laughs> hey, do you want to know where Rock on Tommy came from? He used to pass those big gallbladder stones 
But I oh, don't know. <laughs> no, I don't know, Ian. Do you want no. to know? Yeah, go on. Let, let's... Well, read on. Many people have asked me where my catchphrase, Rock on, Tommy, came from. <laughs> well, just before we made it, a star who is a big friend of mine by the name of David Essex <laughs> recorded a song called Rock on. <laughs> One night during the act, Tommy was singing and I started to say, Rock on, Tommy! <laughs> and it stuck. Before long, people started to laugh at it. Don't ask me why. But they did. <laughs> the success we had was more than the normal success comedians get. It was more as, as if we were pop stars. We got mobbed everywhere we went. I know it sounds big-headed, but it was the truth. And I am only telling you this because I want you to understand why I eventually needed the Lord's forgiveness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. This is why we got into Christian, because he knew he acted like a cunt and he needed something big to wipe the slate clean. <laughs> As my career was on its way up, my personal life had taken a kamikaze dive towards a crash. Well, luckily for me, Jesus would be there to catch me. Along with women and drinking, I found that I was getting angry at the least little thing. If I went out to a disco, I had taken too much drink. I wanted to fight. <laughs> and it wasn't that I hated those people I picked fights with. It's just that I seemed to enjoy the atmosphere of it all. <laughs> it was very easy for me to pick fights because... I always had bodyguards surrounding me. Not like the poor person I decided to pick on. He had no one. So really, he was much more courageous person than I. I was just a coward. See, we knew he'd be a fighty little cunt, didn't we? We knew he'd be a little fighter. But I didn't think he'd only be a fighter when he had people with him. Protecting him, yeah. That I thought he'd just shit. fucking be up for fighting all of his life, really. Yeah, just wading in, swatting anyone. Okay, so we, yeah, Bobby's turned Christian by now. There's this guy he gets working for him on his road crew called Mike. He's really into God. So Bobby's always going to him talking about God. And Bobby's wife decides, all right, fuck it, I'll get into it. She goes to talk to this Mike while he's unpacking this crew. And he's like, I can't, Bobby, I'm fucking busy. And Bobby goes, never mind the game, Mike. It's your duty to God. Bobby says, he looked at me and smiled. You're right. Fucking Mike's in the middle of unpacking stage gigs, packing a truck. And he's got to fuck off and talk to Yvonne about God. And he just goes, you're right, Bobby. <laughs> it's my duty to God. Yvonne's gone for ages chatting to him. Bobby says there's this funny little story. Something else happened that night that Yvonne and I have chuckled at ever since. When the Lord came into Yvonne's life and saved her, she was so overcome that with tears of joy running down her face, she hugged Mike and he hugged her back. And they were now brothers in Christ. Just at that moment, they were hugging. The door of the tiny dressing room burst open and in walked one of the crew members who wasn't a Christian. I can just imagine what was running through his mind. There were Bobby Ball's wife and Mike Spratt <laughs> hugging each other in a dressing room hidden away at the back of the theatre. He lowered his eyes and backed out of the dressing room I'll bet before long a rumour was running around the theatre that Yvonne and Mike Spratt were having an affair and that poor Bobby Ball knew nothing <laughs> about it. Well, I did. And it was the best type of affair that she could have. 
It was all under the eyes of God. I did know. And it was the best type of a fur she could have. The only type of fur she could have after what Bobby's been doing for years. <laughs> There's this comedian, a well-known comedian, you don't name him, and he fucking hates Bobby. Bobby's really, what the fuck, angry about it, wanting to hit him, but then he thinks, oh, God, no, God says, no, that's the devil. I decided to ask him what his reasons were for disliking me. He replied that years before, I had bitten his ear in a club in London and that I had made it bleed. <laughs> oh, is that all? I said. And then I proceeded to put him on the floor and playfully pretend to bite his ear. Only this time, being careful not to draw blood. <laughs> we laughed. And that night, we walked away with a new respect for one another. But if he read this book, I would like to meet him again to explain to him how the power of the Lord changed me from an ear-biting mongrel to someone who respects people. Also, I would like to meet him again because inside he isn't truly happy and I know through experience because I was like him, only the Lord can truly help him. Fucking God bothering bastard, isn't he? Always oh, banging on about the Lord. Anyway, I know you wanted to get into his pants, and here we are. Bobby's bollocks. Bobby's bollocks. Get your fucking testes out. Not so long after I felt a lump on no, what no. <laughs> he's fucking he's checking for cancer. Fucking hell. Talking of miracles, not so long ago I felt a lump on one of my testicles. If that word upsets anyone, then I am sorry. But I don't know any other word for him. <laughs> He's upset by <laughs> that word. That. Yeah. Anyway, I told Yvonne about it and she said she would take a look. She did and she felt the lump I had been talking about. She immediately said that she was going to ring the doctor. I started to make excuses at this point. I know to a lot of people that have seen me on TV, I may seem rather brash and loud, but when it comes to personal matters such as this, I am very shy. <laughs> In fact, I think Yvonne had only seen me naked about a dozen times during the whole of our marriage. What? Fucking, Fucking hell. Lad, cunt, that, isn't it, man? That's mental. What's he doing? <laughs> what the fuck? How, how does he live? <laughs> oh, is he pants and shit? <laughs> Don't look at me! <laughs> the shame. <laughs> Only the Lord can see me. She actually takes a mickey out of me because of it. I call it decency. She calls it stupidity. Well, maybe she's right. Anyway, she taught me into it and arranged for us to go and see the doctor the next day. Eventually, my name was called and I had to go into this room where they gave me this sort of dressing gown to put on. It was a kind of dressing gown that covers the front, but it allows one's rear quarters to get cold very rapidly. Then I was sent into another room where all the scanning machinery was. In the room were a man and a woman. Oh, no, not a woman. <laughs> now, a woman was going to see my most prized possessions. This was my worst nightmare coming true. The doctor asked me to sit down, which I did, and then he proceeded to put a type of jelly all over me. This was getting worse. 
Luckily, the nurse was over the other side of the room, so at least I had that in my favour. <laughs> starts actually messing with it. With his pulling and shoving, it seemed to me that he was trying to pull the growth out manually. At long last, he stopped his wrestling with me and went back to taking pictures. After a while, he called the nurse over to take a look. How embarrassing. There I lay like a chicken ready for Christmas and these two people were discussing the most personal part of my anatomy. Look at this nurse, he said. It's a perfect specimen. It's actually textbook material. Now, I know that they were talking medically and that it was nothing to do with them. But they were talking about me and more importantly, something that was very private to me. Eventually, after much probing, he told me that he couldn't find anything wrong with me. He leaves the room and he runs like that. I know. She tells him that she got all his mates to start praying for Bobby's bollocks. So they're all there praying. So he thinks <laughs> the power of the Lord sucked whatever this growth was out of his bollocks. <laughs> Bobby's back. Clean. Because of the Lord. <laughs> nah, the Lord intervened just as he was going to find something. So that was the final big story. But this is what he thinks of, of the industry he works in. Now, I know that some Christians will say that I shouldn't be in a pub. Well, I have this to say to them. They should follow the example of Jesus because those are the types of places that Jesus would visit today. And I don't just mean pubs, I mean discos, red light districts, drug areas, anywhere that the devil resides. I have even thought, should I be in show business with its pockets of homosexuality alcoholism and adultery should i be among this will i be tempted well i found that the answer was yes undoubtedly yes <laughs> i realized that the devil would tempt me but i knew that the lord would be protecting me against all these things so i truly believe that my place is in show business until such times as the lord decides that otherwise and the Lord decided otherwise a couple of weeks ago when he popped his clogs. It's shocking to see it in print that he's like, well, I don't like gays. Gays are fucking evil. But he's also said that that's evil. Uh, alcoholism and adultery is evil. And he was a fucking piss can mm. and a massive adulterer. The biggest adulterer I've ever read about. And pretty shameless. <laughs> kind of chuffed that he's getting up to all these antics. And he's only proud of it because he knows that the Lord has washed him of all his sins. Go to church Sunday, he can't do fuck all. <laughs> That's his fucking philosophy, isn't it? Different person now. He doesn't fucking work like that. This is your life you lived. and You've done all these bad shit. You can't just fucking Brush a backboard clean. All, yeah. yeah. That, I wish it was more of his like early fighting stuff. Yeah. I wish there was more of a proper dick action. There's fucking nothing. We've got his bollocks, man. We've got his bollocks. His bollocks Do that he thought Doctor. he was checking for cancer. That is not a sexy story. It's an entire chapter about his bollocks. That's enough for me. <laughs> anyway, bullshit. The actual stories and what happened, apart from that one that he ripped off Hard Day's Night. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Fucking 80%. Yeah. Well, well, let's say 60% bullshit. Yeah, right. 70%. 70%, 70% bullshit. bullshit. Right. Yeah. Okay. Walk or cancelled. <laughs>
he's found Christ and he's he doesn't do that shit anymore. So by definition, he has been awokened. Yeah, in the eyes of the Lord, he's woke. But it, it, Lord, don't matter. We're the judge and jury of wokeness. We're the executioners. I deem him cancelled. I deem him woke. Get to fuck. He hates gays. But he's, he's, he's woke. Justify this. You can't just say it. <laughs> I'll but, just nod. But, All right, yeah. But okay. he's woke. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Next episode. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he's, he's just following the teachings of Christianity. Yeah, we cancel Christianity. Can we do that? Yeah. Fuck it. Beyonce. Yeah, well, do you reckon a Beyonce? I think she's fucking ace. Do you? No. What? Do you like Crazy in Love? Yeah, but for every fucking crazy in love and bootylicious, you've got fucking to the left, to the left. Oh, that's good, man. Oh, it's a fucking dreadful song. He's got loads of fucking dreary ballads like that. Right, we're not here to talk about tunes anyway. Do you know what? We shouldn't be doing this. We've got to get women in. So I've rang my mates, uh, Leanne and Dominique. Yeah. They're coming in. So they're taking on. All right, well, that, that takes a weight off our shoulders, yeah, so doesn't we, it? Yeah, we can scoot now. All right, we'll catch you later, everyone. See ya. All right. Hello, I'm Leanne. I'm Dominique. And we're here to talk about Beyonce. So? So, what's... How do you think Beyonce lost her virginity? I don't know, Leanne. <laughs> Fair enough. We'll not go into that. Well, well let's let her sister speak. Right, and she does speak about it in the Telegraph in 2008 and this is what she says Hello, my name's Beyonce Knowles (laughs) Here is my virginity story People would be surprised as to the lack of experiences I've had When I was 12, 13 I had my first boyfriend (laughs) And he was my boyfriend (laughs) till I was... Shut up, Leanne. This is Beyonce's story. He was my boyfriend till I was 17. Though I was too young for it to really be a boyfriend. We didn't live together. We didn't... You know... (laughs) That was my only experience with a guy And since then I've only had one other Boyfriend In my life Jay So she's she's lost her virginity to Jay-Z And that's it, that's all we'll ever know What about this other guy? That's what she said, she goes We didn't live together, we didn't, you know Like hinting at, we didn't do the business Right yeah, so bullshit on that. It's not bullshit, is it? It's true. Fuck knows. <laughs> Fuck knows, Leanne. It's probably... It could be lying. It could be bollocks. Yeah. I don't trust her, to I be do. honest. I do. To be honest, as a woman, <laughs> I'm not going to... I don't fucking trust anything she says. 
I know women, right? And women <laughs> like cock and the tech it where they can get it. And Beyonce is no different from any other. She's no different than you let me move or on. me. Let, let, can we fucking move she on? She likes dick. <laughs> I don't like no. And she's probably had more woke dick or than Jay-Z. Woke or cancelled? Woke as fuck. Woke as fuck. Very woke, yeah. Uh, and that's us done with Beyonce. <laughs> Cheers everyone, that was the Valentine's special. Hope you learned a lot. Yeah, really like romantic, lovely episode <laughs> for you to enjoy there. Oh forgot to ask you, so who would you rather fuck? Poppy <laughs> Paul or Beyonce? <laughs> Fucking oh Don't answer that. Oh, you can follow us on Instagram at Famous First Times or Twitter. Facebook, YouTube, at Give Over. See you next time. New series coming soon or maybe some more bonus stuff. Yep. See ya. See you later. No fuck is ever going to listen to this. <laughs> it's like a Bobby Ball.